Welcome back to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich, how we doing? Doing great, Jordan. I've been so enjoying reading your work on our uh, app and website at The Athletic. The The season is almost here. I, it's just feels sort of like a dream still to, to think that we're actually going to be watching NFL football pretty soon, but uh, you've done a great job of previewing it all. Got a 53-man roster projection on the site right now and uh, an outstanding feature on uh, the new defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley. So I want to make sure everybody goes and checks that out. But I am so excited today because uh, we're joined by a very special guest and somebody whose work I've been reading for a long time, back when we used to hang out at bookstores. Remember that? And uh, <laughs> I would always uh, enjoy when it came to the part of the season when uh, when the football outsiders uh, almanacs would come out. So Jordan, please introduce our very, very special guest. Okay. I'm so stoked. I, I told our guest off air, it's like Christmas morning for me because uh, Aaron Schatz and the Football Outsiders team and their beautiful, gorgeous, glossy paged almanac is like my number one resource every year. I feel like it makes me smarter. Um, so they create this great almanac every season that covers deep dives into both the NFL and collegiate seasons. First of all, go buy it. And or get a subscription to Football Outsiders Field Football. Um, Aaron, we are so happy to have you on today. Ho, ho, ho. Merry football season. <laughs> Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. Well, we're we're excited, too, because you can I saw you can get the almanac on Amazon, which, you know, <laughs> I know that, you know, we t- Rich and I talk about how much I love a deal. And also, I do love Prime, especially in these uh, in these times, like getting your getting your like Windex <laughs> when you need it or something. But um, this almanac, I, I do feel really makes you smarter. But what I really love about it this year is that you're doing a charitable arm of this almanac this year. And as I understand it, a portion of every 2020 almanac sold is going to go to benefit United Way, um, the COVID-19 Community Response and Recovery Fund. Why, you know, why did you guys decide to do this? And and what's the impact that you're seeing so far? Well, we wanted to do our part. You know, it's been a weird few months because Mm -hmm. in the football world, we've mostly been going forward as normal. I mean, in the pro football world, at least, you know, we had a draft, we had free agency. Like, yeah, there were no OTAs. But for the most part, like we went and wrote this book like we usually do. So we wanted to do something to sort of acknowledge that the world was not normal over the last few months and to help people out a little bit. And uh, if it inspires more people to read our book and read our work, that's good, too. Yeah, it's it's an invaluable resource. And, and so many of the things that, that Aaron um, and his team have, have brought into the football world are, are now, I mean, so far ahead of the curb with, with some of the analytical uh, stuff that, that's been put out there for years. And I remember reading it early on, you know, in a, a decade ago, maybe more, and just kind of looking at it going, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm smart enough to understand this. And I, and I know I'm still not, but so much of it now has been incorporated into, you know, the, the, the mainstream analysis and even the way that the teams uh, kind of analyze themselves and uh, and you know try to try to self scout and things like that. So uh, an amazing uh, resource, I think, for everybody, for fans, for for teams, and uh, really enjoy having 
having you on, uh, Aaron. And what do you think about these Rams going into 2020? <laughs> we're, we're going to drill down into some specifics about specific players and position groups and things like that. But I think around the league, a very fascinating team, right? You're a team that's you know, just just a, a season removed from a, a Super Bowl appearance, and then and then everything kind of fell off the table. It just what are your what are your general thoughts and expectations uh, for this Rams team in twenty twenty? Yeah, I think that people are are writing them off a little too quickly. Um, I mean, yes, there's definitely been a loss of some of the talent, uh, but. It's almost like people feel like Sean McVay, you know, one year out of the playoffs and he's lost his fastball. Like, you know, two years ago, this guy was the hottest coach in the league. It's not like he forgot how to design an offense over the last 12 months. <laughs> um, so I feel like, like, I mean, yeah, there are definitely certain uh, question marks in certain uh, position groups, especially, you know, offensive line was such a strength mm-hmm. for this team two years ago. And now it's got a lot of question marks in it. But I don't feel like the question marks this year are any different than they were last year. And last year, they would have made the playoffs if the NFL had seven playoff teams, which they will this year. So the idea that they're some people are sort of writing them off, it's, you know, they're in a tough place. They're in the best division in football by our numbers. All four of the NFC West teams had projections over 500 in all our, you know, one million simulations that we do. But uh, but I don't I think people are writing off the Rams a little too quickly. I like that answer, Aaron, because I, I feel like there's a little bit of a recency bias going on, too, with sort of the mindset of, OK, they weren't, you know, in the major conversation, you know, the games that they did win. There were some glaring issues, especially on the offensive line, the games that they lost, there were even more glaring issues. Um, but I, I do think that's a little bit of a recent recency bias, because as, as we found Sean McVay. Jared Goff, um, in their each their separate ways, have gone about finding ways to adjust to sort of what that chaos, disastrous situation was. You know, whether it was McVeigh going out and finding Brandon Staley, defensive coordinator, who's like still a little bit of an unknown, but um, you know, through our deep dive over at the Athletic on him, found that Sean went and found him because he wanted someone who would push him creatively. Um, this is a man, and it's Sean McVay, who just does not want to settle into complacency. You know, the the league, you always hear the, the cliche, it's an eight and eight league. Well, you don't want to get pulled down into sort of that complacency. And I like, you know, it's exactly what you said. It's like, no, Sean McVay did not forget how to design an offense. But this, I think it's very valid to be concerned about this offensive line. Aaron, I know you guys did a, a lot of um, studies on this when you guys were writing about the Rams this year, but how steep was that drop-off from ha- from being completely healthy you know, during that run? And then how steep did that drop-off become? Well, the performance drop-off, they were second in offense in our ratings two years ago, and they were 17th last year. So that's a pretty healthy drop-off. <laughs> Um, and we looked at teams that had a similar drop off from being over 20% above average, which is what the Rams were two years ago, to being below 5% above average, which is what the Rams were last year. And on average, those teams bounced back a few points. They bounced back from like 19th to like 13th. So I think that that suggests that there's some bounce back that's likely for the Rams. We call it the plexiglass principle. When a team dramatically improves from one year to the next, they tend to take a step back in the third year. 
And when they mm-hmm. dramatically decline from one year to the next, they tend to take a step forward in the third year. A little bit. And that's the Rams dramatically declined last year. Strangely enough, both LA offenses did. The Chargers did too. But uh, it's only about one team per year, sometimes less, that declines that much. So it was a lot. Well, they wanted something. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, we're the biggest decliners. Well, all right. Yay. Love it. Yeah. But I really love... First of all, I love alliteration. Second of all, I love the plexiglass principle because so often when you, again, when you're sort of pulling it back into coaching cliche and and sort of layperson vernacular, it's the hangover, right? The Super Bowl hangover, quote unquote. And I saw it when I covered the Panthers from 15 to 16. And then with the Rams, you know, they they did take that step back. And so that's, that's just so, in, I mean, all of this, is so interesting to me and, and statistical evidence that then they could take a step a step forward. There's an element of that, but there's also an element that when a team dramatically improves, that there probably was a little bit of luck involved, right? Like mm-hmm. it probably was just things just worked out really well. And when a team dramatically declines, there probably was a little bit of bad luck involved and things just mm-hmm. didn't work out quite as well. You know, play calls that really worked two years ago just didn't work last year. And luck is going to even out. And so that's another reason why the plexiglass principle exists. Because it's not just about like Super Bowl hangovers from teams that dramatically improve. It's mm-hmm. also, like I said, teams that dramatically decline will tend to re- revert a little bit to their previous performance in the third year. Uh, but this is a, like a big deal in the NFC West because we also have the 49ers. The 49ers were the first team in the history of our stats to improve by 20% on both sides of the ball. So we think they're going to come back to earth a little bit this year. So we're in sort of a different place. Everybody else has them as Super Bowl favorites this year. And we just have them as a a good team. Uh, Not, you know, just like the Rams are likely going to revert by being a little bit better. The 49ers are likely to revert by being a little bit worse. Along those lines, Aaron, um, Jared Goff. And I feel like I could just say Jared Goff and maybe let you talk for 10 minutes and and it would would be good. But uh, everybody wants to know, you know, what went wrong in in 2019 and is there a potential for for improvement in 2020? And I think the one thing that we've talked about pretty consistently on this podcast and in our coverage is hard for us, you know, kind of as uh, outsiders, no pun intended, to... um, Put it in context. How much of 2019 was Jared himself regressing? How much of it was the run game uh, certainly regressed? The offensive line had some issues. And I, I think it's um, almost like a half full, half empty kind of scenario with him and people wondering what they should expect and how much optimism they should have. So where where do you fall on that? And have you found any any numbers or any research that, that kind of points you in one direction on him? I mean, I wouldn't attribute it to the run game's decline because when you use our stats that adjust for context, right? So you take out of the equation the idea that because of the run game's decline, he faced worse down and distance scenarios. If you control for that, he still declined a lot last year. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the offensive line has something to do with it, although his sack rate actually went down last year. Um, And I think there there is a little bit of an element to the idea that maybe, you know, people watched film and sort of got what the Rams were doing on offense. Um, He also is interesting because we adjust for opponent 
But Goff mm-hmm. has a particularly strong history of being really good against the bad defenses and being bad against the good defenses. Like more than more than the usual quarterback would be. So how does that uh, now that they bring back a lot of the same offensive line, uh, they, they had some stability later on in the season, um, changing up a little bit of the skill personnel. Obviously, Todd Gurley's gone. Brandon Cook's gone. Um, maybe going to a little bit more 12 personnel. Um, is there potential for him to, to, to bounce back? Or, or what do the numbers show that, that he needs to be better at? That interception rate, I, I think, was something that was a little bit startling to people last year. Yeah, I mean, the interceptions were bad. And, um, you know, he felt a little bit more pressure, I think, than in past years. But he, he it's more... He, there isn't really one thing. It's sort of all around. He just needs to all around. He kind of all around declined, and he needs to all all around get better. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But they, it's interesting. If you look at their performance last year in eleven and twelve personnel, it was about the same in both. So uh, I don't know if going to twelve personnel, you know, it probably means more runs, but it doesn't. I don't think change how good Goff's gonna play. I think he just he just needs to play better overall, and they just you mm-hmm. know. Some of it is probably play design. I mean, we all know about the idea that, uh, you know, McVay talks to him in the headset a lot more than most coaches talk to their quarterbacks in the headset. So there's sort of some some of that, you know, that don't, they you can probably, you know, blame that decline on that communication, you know, wasn't as good or teams realized that if they switched things up in the last 15 seconds before the play was snapped that McVay couldn't talk to Goff or – you know they're going to have to figure out how to how to reverse that decline. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things I'm interested to see with Jared this year is that 15 second window of is he now taking control of the offense? Is he understanding what he's seeing? Is he trusting his eyes? Can he make those adjustments with autonomy instead of sort of having just somebody in his ear who certainly sees what's happening, but um, that's that's one of the big questions. The other one is is personnel and and how they will be used. And I know you guys did some fabulous research on eleven and twelve and and sort of you know how productive they were throughout the season. But what I'm what really stuck out to me was how little they targeted running backs in the passing game. I, I believe you guys found that they did it less than anybody else in football last season, and especially with the sort of dynamic ability of the two quote-unquote featured guys who they'd like to work in committee, Daryl Henderson and, and Cam Akers. What, first of all, why could that be effective? Could it be an effective change for them? Why? And also, do you think they should change that or do you think they will? It could be an effective change, but I will say that research uh, that some people have done suggests that running back targets are worth less than targets to other positions. That you just gain more yardage and are more efficient when you throw to tight ends and wide receivers. So it's usually not a good idea to design uh, the offense around a lot of passes to running backs. But I don't know whether part of the reason they have to. I'd have to go look at the blocking numbers that I don't have in front mm-hmm. of me. But I don't know if part of the reason why they weren't throwing to running backs is that running backs were blocking more and that they needed them to block more to help out the offensive line. Unfortunately, I don't have that right in front of me. There's another tell, by the way, for the Rams that's sort of interesting, which is that they never run out of shotgun, like almost never. Mm -hmm. Like if they go shotgun, it's going to be a pass. They never switch it up, 
which I think that they could, if they ran a little bit more out of shotgun, uh, that they would um, probably fool people a little bit more. Yeah, that's a really that's a really stark tell. I mean, that's something that if if you have that consistency in in one specific tell on your offense, you are absolutely showing your hand. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do. Fifteen seconds before the headset cuts, fifteen seconds after, if they know right. if they know what's coming in that regard, and you know, adding those wrinkles, and that's why I asked about the running backs is adding those wrinkles. I think should be and will be important for them. Um, do and, and back to these guys for a second. Do do running backs by committee work in your mind and in your studies? Or oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and what do you, what have you found about that? Yeah, I'm a big believer in running back by committee for a number of reasons. You know, first of all, it's usually cheaper. Uh, it gives you injury insurance, right? One guy goes out. It's not like you don't have anybody who's got experience behind him. Uh, you can combine running backs who have different strengths and weaknesses and use them in the appropriate times and places that fit their strengths. Uh, there's really no indication at all that using multiple running backs hurts a team running game at all. So uh, I don't think I don't think the loss of Gurley, you know, given how well Gurley's played last year, which was, you know, that he was pretty average. I don't think the loss of Gurley does means anything mm-hmm. for the Rams, really. That he'll be fine. He'll be they'll, they'll replace him fine with Akers and Henderson. What what's the Henderson was injured at one point, right? Is he healthy now? He's so he's still working through that hamstring injury. So, you know, Sean McVeigh has not rolled him out for Dallas yet, but as you know, you know, that the hamstring is so finicky that I think right. it'll be a lot of Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers in the, in the opener, honestly. And then you'll see sort of the emergence of the true three-headed monster, as they like to call it. Um, but, but yeah, so the hamstring really was a setback because they obviously had less time to onboard Cam Akers, the rookie, and get him the touches he needed to really integrate into the offense. Um, and then they have another setback, so they can't work their, three, their three-headed back system because – Daryl Henderson is is out. So a little bit of a setback there for them. Yeah, I mean, Brown and Gurley in rushing efficiency last year were about the same. Henderson was a little bit behind them, but that's on like 35, 36 carries or something. So, I mean, such a small sample size, it doesn't matter. We really liked him coming out of college. So, I mean, I think he's promising mm-hmm. and Akers is promising. So I don't think they're going to have a lot of problems. The backfield is not the issue this year. It's the pass protection and the and the and Goff, uh, and whether they can rebound to what they did in the past, or at least rebound somewhat to what they did in the past. I think they'll miss Brandon Cooks more than they'll miss Gurley. Yeah, definitely takes an element uh, out of that offense. But um, let, let's slide over to the to the defense if if we could, because there's so many questions, and you know it's it's a little unfortunate. Well, it's a lot unfortunate in the world that, that we didn't have the OTAs and all of that to really get a look at Brandon Staley and kind of what he intends to do with this defense. Jordan is now getting a look at it uh, at the training camp practices, and, and I think we're, we're finding out some things about his flexibility, how he likes to use players and, and sort of that thing. But I literally have no clue who the off-ball linebackers are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's fair. That's I have, fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea, right? Yeah. Like there was, it was definitely one of those situations where we had to, um, you know, uh, we had to have preseason games or something to tell us what the depth chart was there. Yeah. And I, I just, I mean, you know, most research suggests that off-ball linebacker may be the least important position on the mm-hmm. defense. 
but it's not like it doesn't matter at all. And I just don't know who they have. Re- reader, I guess. Well, yeah, they just well. they suffered a big <laughs> loss uh, uh, this this week with Traven Howard, a guy they were counting on to be a starter, um, suffering a, a big injury. He's going to be out. Micah Kaiser, a guy they uh, thought was going to be a starter a year ago, and then he suffered a big pictorial injury in training camp. So so he's back in there. And then, yeah, Troy Reader, uh, a guy who will, will get some time. So it, it's definitely a position that uh, – uh, they're they're betting pretty heavily. They didn't make any big additions during the off season. They didn't really draft anybody until uh, later on. So, but that, that that's kind of what I wanted to circle to is you know the the one thing we know about Brandon Staley he's he's definitely been a, a Vic Fangio disciple um, over the years. Not only working under him but studying him in the past. So uh, I, I'm sure there won't be a direct line comparison. But but what can we expect maybe from this Rams defense um, if if Brandon does bring some of those elements that, that he's learned under for the last few years? Uh, well, Fangio uses a lot of uh, nickel defense rather than using base, but um, that will be a big change because the, Ra- the Rams last year used a lot of dime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they were actually dead last in the league in how much they used nickel, and they were really high in using base and using dime. And if you go with the Fangio idea, you'd expect more nickel and you expect more um, of sending four four pass rushers mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to necessarily blitzing as much as Wade Phillips uh, used to blitz. Although last year, Wade Phillips didn't blitz that much. So that's probably not as much of a change. I will say, you know, the thing about the Wade Phillips get, uh, leaving is there are very few coaches in NFL history who've been with enough teams that you can actually track and say, this coach has an actual effect on how well this team plays uh, and know that it's the coach, you know, suggest that it's the coach and not just the team, mm-hmm. right? Like if you want to be like, oh, you know, how good Bill Belichick is in designing defenses, you only have two teams worth of defenses to look at, the Patriots and the Cleveland Browns. Wade Phillips has been with so many organizations at this point that he's one of the rare coaches that you can say that he has an absolute positive effect on a defense. So I do think you have to believe that between the loss of Phillips and the fact that teams starting out with a new coordinator and a new system generally take a step back, all other things being equal, that the loss of Phillips is probably a bad thing for the Rams defense. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair because, again, you know, as – as bright and excited about Brandon Staley, everybody seems to be, he still has not had the experience of, you know, calling a, a, an actual game defensively of really what the stretch of the season in that position will be managing personnel throughout that entire season. Um, I liked what you said too about the f- sort of Vic Fangio characteristics because And let me be clear, I am not, and I'm quoting the Rams media guide here, I am not allowed to report specifically (laughs) on scheme. However, I think that the characteristics you described about four rushers and about nickel, uh, I I very much agree with what you said. (laughs) So let's start there. You wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if some of those translated to the Rams? Yeah, and and we'll see if my credential gets revoked tomorrow. But you know, um, you know, Aaron, I I read too 
in your in your work that there are so many things you can do. And and we started by talking about like, oh my gosh, what the hell's happening at inside linebacker? Uh yeah, that's a little scary. There are different things though that you can do to sort of counter maybe a lack of personnel at that space. Um, I, I do think nickel is one of those things and, and dime as well. So wh- what can you what can you see Staley doing, especially in alignment with the Vic Fangio philosophy um, to sort of help alleviate some of that burden that they might face there? I mean, I definitely think you'll see more nickel, more defensive backs used. That's going to be – I mean, that's the best way that fits what that defensive scheme has done in the past mm-hmm. to get around the fact that you don't have good – off the ball linebackers. Um, and you know, you'll I don't know whether that means a four man front with the edge rushers or a five man front with like you could do a five man front with one off ball linebacker and then five defensive backs. It's interesting. I'm looking here at some of the other things we note about Fangio's defense in the Denver chapter of the book. And another one is that he tends to have a lot of sacks from his interior defensive linemen. Uh, if that's a scheme, uh, if that's a trend with the scheme, I think the Rams have got that covered. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's interesting. I think, <laughs> I think that that the that the Rams can actually feed directly into that because uh, you know they get a lot of sacks from their interior defensive linemen. But um, yeah, I would think you're going to see more nickel stuff. It's too bad that Nickel Roby Go- Coleman is gone because he was such a good nickelback, and uh, that's a loss too. Yeah, it is. That was that was one move that was surprising. Uh, for me during the offseason, I thought he was very effective, but uh, I think there was maybe some cost efficiency issues there. They have some salary concerns, so I, I think that might have been a, a little bit of it. Yeah, and I mean, the, the chapter talks about the salary concerns going forward, right? That there's, I mean, there's some yeah. cap issues then, the idea for 2021 and 2022 that may affect this team even further. That that, that doesn't affect how you project right. for this year, but... Right. It's an issue. Well, one guy they've locked up for a while is Aaron Donald, and that's probably a good thing <laughs> given the, the production. But I know, and, and, and Jordan, I know, has heard this from so many people too. I think the entire focus of, of Brandon Staley has been how do you support Aaron Donald? I mean, you know what he can do individually. His talent is, is off the charts. But whether it's interior or, or from that edge, who can you put next to him? Who can you put outside of him? who will bring the most out of him. Um, is is there potential there? The Rams have changed, you know, that they, they Dante Fowler leaves, Clay Matthews leaves. Uh, they, they do bring in Leonard Floyd as a veteran guy. They have a couple younger guys on the other side they like. Um, is, is the potential there for them to bring more out of Aaron Donald? Obviously, his sack numbers dropped a little bit last year. I don't think his production really dropped uh, overall. But but how uh, how well can they support Aaron and, and maybe bring even more out of him? I don't know. How much more can you bring out of him than you have already? <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> He's Not a been lot. so good. I think the issue is more like, for example, in the running game, you know, you can't you can't let yardage happen when Aaron Donald is double teamed all the time, you know, right. like you've got, everybody else has got to be making tackles. If you look at the run directions, like they were really good last year against runs up the middle, but they weren't very good against runs out to the side. Cause it was like, you know, double Donald and then get away from him. So, and then in the pass rush, yeah, I mean, they need to, he's going to get his and they just, they need some other guys to get theirs too. And, and, um, and we'll have to see whether they do that by calling more blitzes or, to just can get a really good performance out of Floyd. Finally, you know, more uh, 
line up with his potential more than he did in Chicago. But it's not like he was terrible in Chicago. He had only three sacks last year, but we counted him with 33 hurries. Normally a player with 33 hurries is going to have more like six or seven sacks. Mm -hmm. And hurries tend to be more consistent from year to year than sacks are. So, I mean, I think he may be a little underrated. I think Rams fans will really like to hear that because he, he is a little bit of a he was a little bit of a question mark, you know, obviously. And then you, you like the match between him, himself and, and Staley. But, you know, the depth there behind himself and, and Samson, Ebicam and then Terrell Lewis, who I think everybody, if he stays healthy, everybody's excited about. There's some there's some concern, I think, at outside linebacker. But again, I mean. So, so much kind of goes back to what we talked about at the beginning is some of this is going to be luck. (laughs) Some of this is going to be staying healthy. Well, that's I mean, that's the story of the NFL. That's why our projections, why we simulate, you know, we simulate a thousand different ways that the season could go as far as how good teams are. And then for each of those, we simulate a thousand seasons of how well teams actually win and lose games Mm -hmm. based on how good they are, because there's so much. You just have to accept that there's a lot of uncertainty in the NFL, uh, and then you have to accept that there's going to be extra uncertainty this year compared to even the average year of uncertainty. So, but when you talk about like how good are the Rams going to be, you know, what's the sort of average expectation for the Rams? I think it's for the defense to be about average and the offense to be a little bit above average, and then the team to be a little bit above average. And that's sort of the average of all expectations. Could be better than that. Mm-hmm. Could be worse than that. Well, that voice you're listening to right now is Aaron Schatz uh, of Football Outsiders. And you guys, make sure you go out and get your Football Outsiders 2020 Almanac. As we mentioned, a portion of those proceeds are going to go to United Way to benefit COVID-19 relief. And I also would suggest getting a Football Outsiders subscription because like I said at the beginning of this podcast, and Rich would for certain agree, it makes you smarter. (laughs) So be smarter. Get your Football Outsiders subscription. Aaron, I really hate to do this to you because I hate when people ask me this on podcasts and it seems sort of reductive of all of the fantastic things that you've just talked to us about. But can we get a record prediction from you? (laughs) Right. I would say the average, our average record prediction is we had 8.4 wins as the average, but our projections tend to be really conservative and they grew pretty closely closely around eight and eight. So I'd say the best record prediction is nine and seven. I like that. I like that. Nine and seven and fighting for one of those wild card spots. And in a really tough division where we have, like I said, the average projection for all four NFC West teams is above eight, including Arizona. Wow. Um, Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Again, you guys go to footballoutsiders.com. Make sure you're getting in on all of that information that they have, not just about you know your favorite NFL teams, but across the league. They just do um, such a comprehensive job. Make sure you're following Aaron on Twitter as well, at capital F, capital O, underscore A-S-C-H-A-T-Z. And we love having you on, Aaron, and we hope that you come back and, and talk about how right you were about all of this during the season. Thank you. Or, you know, better yet, you'll have me back to talk about how wrong I was when the Rams go back to the Super Bowl. And and, uh, it turns out that I was too low on them instead of being too high on them like some people think I might be. That would probably be even better for your listeners. Well, you guys can catch us at the 11 Personnel Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. If you do subscribe to us through theathletic.com, you will get a discount. Rich, what do I love? 
You love a good deal. And I love football outsiders. <laughs> we both do. You like that, Aaron? <laughs> Thank you. For, we appreciate your love. Me and all of the writers appreciate your love. FootballOutsiders.com. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys.